0: We made we the Detroit Lions. We the Detroit Lions. Stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV. But I heard everybody already picked the pick the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I gotta say, man. Don't let these tears fool you. It's all dog around this mug. I'm good. It wasn't a goodbye, it still was a see you later. The Hanging with Wing podcast is back up and going. Uh, but before we get into anything, I kind of wanted to start off here. Um, I'm sorry. Um, to all those people who were listening loyally for the longest time, um, to those several episodes that we had, those good laughs that we had, specifically over the summer, uh, coming to you mostly every Monday, Those were some special times to me. And I wanted to say I'm sorry for not handling the break properly because I feel like I could have let you guys know. Stuff happens. So the way things were going, we had to make a switch. The details are unimportant. Life just sometimes comes at you. And especially for adults, with where we're at, In my life and in AJ's life and in everybody else's life that's listening to this, you got to make sacrifices when those changes come along. So I wanted to say I'm sorry for not, number one, handling it properly um, with our listeners because we do value you a lot. And if you come back and you're listening to this episode right now, that means that you are still loyal to the product. And thank you. I also wanted to say I'm sorry to maybe those people who wanted to get on the show that we never got the opportunity to bring on. I promise you, it wasn't you. It's just it it takes a lot of time to schedule. Again, we had a few things going on that we had to put it on the shelf. You know, me, myself, I had to kind of refocus on my career. There were a few things I had to figure out. And also dealing with a viral illness that, you know, took away a lot of my vocal capacity, which, again, not easy being that I did this for the longest time. But it was something I had to do. But I wasn't happy about it, right? And when, and when I'm not happy, you know, a lot of people are outspoken. A lot of people will, will, will blow up or share with everybody. I don't share a lot sometimes when, when I'm not in a good place. So I wasn't happy there for a little bit that we weren't doing it. But I wanted to say I'm sorry for how I handled it. Wanted to say I'm sorry for those people that actually invested in us and continue to come back to listen every single week. Uh, but I also wanted to say thank you. Uh, First, I wanted to say thank you to all the guests that have come on the show that really make this thing go. That's what this is about. It's your platform. When I'm going to do solo episodes, that's fine. I like doing solo episodes. I enjoy listening to myself talk. I listen to the voices in my head every day, okay? They're very entertaining, and they're constantly going, constantly, back and forth, right? So I can speak into a microphone about I can speak to a microphone about anything, but when you come on and you're comfortable and you share the information that you do in, in a lot of great guests over my span of time with AJ, whether it be Christian Galloway, Alex Zodko, any and all of our guests that we did together, I wanted to say thank you to you guys. I also wanted to say thank you to Cassidy Cobb, our social media manager there for a short amount of time. That's The hard thing is social media. This is cake. Like I said, voices, I can just talk endlessly. I don't really need a whole lot of prompting to do that. Okay, But handling the social media and making sure that our name is getting out there is extremely important, and I don't think we could have picked anybody better to handle that for us for that amount of time. So, Cassidy, thank you. I also wanted to say thank you to my former co-host, and someone who made this podcast something bigger than it originally was. And that's my good friend, AJ Moore. Um, normally, I take the pauses out. I'll keep that one in. You know, I think it was bigger, you know, with us two doing the show. And we grew up friends. Um, you know, met back in in middle school. Played sports together. Had mutual friends. Once we got to high school, obviously that friendship bloomed into something that was, you know, a little bit bigger than maybe it was before. But I've known I've known AJ my whole life, and I, I I told a man to a man I go, "You are the most naturally gifted entertainer I've ever met." And and. I still truly believe that. And, and I'm I'm trying to make a career talking into a microphone, and, and I've met a lot of interesting people, I feel like, in my time, in my short amount of time doing this. But I can say with all seriousness, naturally, without trying, he is one of the most gifted entertainers I've ever met. And he truly made those episodes that I did with him, whether it was just rambling and rabbit trails or... A focus segment like our Christmas episode, Once Upon a Time. Could have been either one of those two things. Um, I valued every single minute, every single second that we had together uh, in the studio. And I hope that eventually he comes back around to doing it again. I really do. Um, you know, but he has things he has to prioritize. And I get that. Okay, We're adults. I was upset about it. I got over it. Here we are. But... He was really special, and I'm very thankful for the laughs that he gave me, and I know a lot of you guys are very thankful for the fact that he was a part of this. Like I said, I hope he will be back on. I I don't know what the future holds. Obviously, we're living on borrowed time. I'm living on borrowed time with, with the space that I'm in, so there's never a guarantee. But if there's one guarantee, it's that I'm not a quitter, I love the fact that I've been able to do this since COVID. Um, It was my idea originally. And whoever it is that wants to be a part of it, when you're on, it's your time. Um, But I'm so thankful for everybody that's had their hand in it. Let's take a look at what in the world with Wang. The first segment of what in the world with Wang. We start off hot non-sports topic People who made a resolution to get into the gym. First of all, I love you. I will never tell anybody not to put their health first. I will never tell anybody not to get back in to the gym. The fact that the calendar turned over to 2023 and you looked at yourself in the mirror and went, you know what? This is my year. That's a great thing. You are owning your moment. But I'm going to need to see this same energy all year. Okay, this can't start and stop right now. This has to continue the entire year. Because you know what? I I don't want to get two weeks into this and all of a sudden we go from what looks like the Walmart parking lot to nobody's there anymore. We have tumbleweeds rolling through the freaking gym. I want prison yard. I want people... So I want so many people there all year and everybody to maintain their resolutions that you can't tell if it's January 2nd or 3rd or if it's July the 4th. Okay. I'm sick of it. Everybody takes up the treadmills. Everybody takes up all the machines and that's okay. But God damn it. I better see you there all year long. I want the same energy. And if you don't give me the same energy, I know who you are. I will find where you live. (laughs) As a Michigan football fan over the span of my life, I've gotten used to one word. Disappointment. Actually, just being a Michigan fan in general. Because every single championship we've been to since I've been born, minus a split title in football in 1997, every single title and every single big sport, we've choked it away. Now, it's pretty impressive to say that you got there. I will give you that. But especially when we talk about Michigan football, the expectations have not been met for the majority of the last 20-some-odd years. Enter this season. After going undefeated, matching all the expectations, having the best offensive line in back-to-back seasons, having the best defensive coordinator in college football in Jesse Minter and one of the best defenses in the country, my expectations as a Michigan fan changed. I didn't expect to have my heart broken. I didn't go into that game against TCU thinking I'm going to come out of this disappointed like I have against Ohio state year after year after year before. No, I went into that game thinking we're the better football team. They were, but guess what? They didn't play like it. I don't want to hear anything about the refs. Matter of fact, because even at the end of the day, if those calls are not made, nothing is guaranteed, but let's just go with the, okay, the calls are made. The magic number for Michigan football is two. You had two opportunities inside of the five-yard line. Um, as the best offensive line with a mobile quarterback, if you can't finish within five yards, there's one thing that's wrong in this equation. It's called coaching. It's called offensive play calling. Maybe the hype train needs to slow down a little bit after that TCU game. First things first, how about you just try QB sneak? As it turns out, handing the ball off to a linebacker who doesn't normally run the football, isn't a good idea in a national championship game. Also, as it turns out, this isn't six years ago. The Philly special doesn't necessarily work, especially when you do it on the first drive of the football game. Also number two, two pick sixes. I don't know exactly what the play calling was that led to this, nor just how well TCU decided to scheme against us. Hell, it looked like they had a camera at our practices the entire time we were there. They shut us down so well. If you take away the two pick sixes and you add the two touchdowns within five yards that we should have scored, guess what? Michigan wins that game, and not just handily, they dominate. Here's my wish list for Michigan football going into the new year. How about you learn how to play in the first half? Because eventually when you play a team that knows how to play a complete game, you will not win. Now before I sign off on all the Michigan football BS, one quick thing for all the people inquiring about what's up with Jim Harbaugh. Listen, when you're good at your job, that's the best time to start feeling out new jobs. You want to know when the worst time is to get a job? When you don't have a job because then at that point you really don't have the ability to be picky anything that comes along you better take it cuz you are not gamefully employed we wouldn't be talking about this if Jim Harbaugh was 7 and 5 or 8 and 4 we wouldn't be talking about this if Jim Harbaugh played in the fucking Cheez-It Bowl we're talking about this cuz Michigan just won the Big 10 title in back-to-back seasons with a less talented roster than Ohio State and went to the playoffs back-to-back seasons. Now don't get me wrong, big game Jimbo is still big game Jimbo. He always finds a way to choke in the most important moments in his coaching career. But just because his agent is out there trying to get a feel for what NFL teams want him doesn't mean that all of a sudden he's going to jump ship. He's a coach that is high in demand. And I guarantee you he's not the only coach in college football that is getting phone calls and potential talking offers about a sideline gig in the National Football League. People just like to be reactionary, and people love to troll on social media. That's my opinion on that. If there's one thing you can always guarantee with sports fans, it's that they're going to complain about the referees. Literally every single game where a team wins... And a team loses, you can log on to social media, Twitter specifically, and see people yelling about how the referees were, blah, 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 and how the blah, 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 refs, blah, 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 just spewed all over the place. It's a tale as old as time. Conspiracy theorists love to talk about referees. They had it out for us. A lot of teams think they're cursed by the refs. It's us versus the refs. There is only one damn team in sports that I will ever believe is cursed by refereeing in the NFL who the referees are categorically against, and that's the Detroit Lions. That roughing the kicker call against the Seahawks didn't just make me disappointed. It made me want to punch a hole in the wall. It made me want to smash my coffee table into 18 pieces. The point of roughing the kicker is to make sure the kicker is allowed to kick the ball and bring his foot back down and land in one piece. Incidental contact three to four seconds after the ball has left the punter's foot does not qualify as roughing the kicker, specifically when that person is blocked into said kicker. I think it's ridiculous that we're even having this conversation. And believe you me, that was the biggest mistake the refs could have made all night. Forget the taunting penalty. Forget any other borderline penalty or response penalty that they missed with people st- sticking fingers in people's eyes and yada, yada, and Geno Smith Hollywooding his way down the sidelines and selling a hit that, you know, he didn't really need to but he's a veteran quarterback and he knows what he's doing. That was not roughing the kicker. But I will say this to everybody else who has doubted Dan Campbell. You know what? I kind of like the guy. Doesn't matter if you're dealing with guys that make millions of dollars. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with guys who can afford you and everything you own. None of that truly matters at the end of the day Because if you can't create some sort of locker room camaraderie, then it's over. You have to build an expectation of winning before you can win. And to finish the season with a middle finger to the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and everybody in the media, with the exception of Tony Dungy, I think that's a great way to finish out the season. (laughs) Listen, I'm not going to say that the SEC owns college football. I know if you look at the stats and if you look at the records and if you look at everything else, yeah, you know what, Georgia won and they won big against a team like TCU. If you also look at the last five recruiting classes these two schools have had, you'll realize it's practically an NFL team playing against a team of guys who are kind of projects, kind of upstarts, you know, so on and so forth. The important thing to remember is that Michigan beat Ohio State on the road by three scores. Ohio State, if they didn't botch that field goal kick, would have gone in the national title game and played against TCU and probably won a national championship and ruined my life. But there is one thing that I need the playoff committee to just admit, and I hope we use more of a common sense approach moving forward. Put the best teams in. I know that a 12-team playoff will probably rectify some of these issues. We'll just have the top 12 teams play, and that'll be that. But when you look at two teams and compare them, TCU or Alabama, let's be honest with ourselves. Who is the better team? I realize you can't punish a team for who they play. I understand that. I also understand there's something to be said about winning all of your games and then barely losing in the conference championship game. I also understand that Max Duggan is an NFL-caliber quarterback, and to say that this kid doesn't deserve a chance at a national championship is also BS. But the way college football has gone about crowning a national champion for the longest time, and I mean since the beginning of time, has been very mythical and kind of BS. So many metrics that go into deciding who wins a championship game. Here's an idea. How about we take the first two weeks of the season out? Nobody wants to see Alabama play Best Buy. No one wants to see Tennessee play Panera Bread. Nobody wants to see those games. I realize it's profitable for small schools, but it does nothing for the viewers. Take those games out of the equation. Then create a playoff system that allows 12 teams, if not more, to go compete for national championships. I tweeted out at one point that I wanted a D two style format, and I didn't really think about that tweet. It was on New Year's Eve. I was watching the game with a few friends, and you know, had a few pops, and I wasn't thinking. So please ignore that tweet. Division two style would just result in Wyoming playing Alabama, and we don't need to see that. And that's it for the short version, the short rendition of the Hanging with Wang podcast. A big thank you to everybody that came back and listened get new content coming up, new people joining the show, or maybe just some solo episodes. Hell, maybe listen to me for a little bit. I'm so, so sorry. But that's a look at a rapid recap. I hope everybody's having a good new year. Um, Michigan basketball sucks, but I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. I hope to get some new people, some new faces, some new ideas moving forward on the show. But I love all of you, and we'll talk later. Peace.